Okay, people, welcome back. Thank you for joining us for part three of this week's Chin Check. So, in this last part, we take a look at Into Life. Right, which is a, a short film It's a biopic on the, you know Ridiculously selfless and groundbreaking Ines Milholland Right, she was a suffragette Fighting for the vote and other rights for women um, And this takes a look at uh, a part of her life You know, a really important You know, part And it's great, right? So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that And then, people We will be talking To the writer and star Of the piece Amy Walker So, um, people, sit back Enjoy, this is a great one Trust me So I've always been a fan of history, right? Always loved history. And so when you can combine it with film, you know, film or book or TV, that is great. You know what I mean? Because you get to, you know, enjoy like a load of things at the same time. And one thing that is always, like always just, crazy is when you suddenly learn these new things that you have never heard about before and that's what happened when I watched Into Light right it's a film about Inez Milholland Inez Milholland have you heard that name do you know that name people because I have to be honest I didn't I had no clue who she was now she was a suffragette, right? She was a suffragette. I've heard of the suffragettes. Never her. Never her, which is crazy, right? And this, it, it focuses on this very key moment in her life. I mean, one of the last, to be honest with you people, right? But it is so important right, so important, and if you think about the world we live in today, however crazy it is, whatever's going on, right, this moment has made this shit possible, because this was about women's rights, voting, you know what I mean, because, hey, women couldn't vote back in the day, I know, Right? How how kind of crazy was that? You know, couldn't. And, right, so this was the thing. In 1875, the U.S. Supreme Court declared women as a special category of non-voting citizens. <laughs> I mean, a court said that. I mean, how insane is that, right? So, 
it got to 1916. It was election year, and the fight for voting rights was, you know, really getting pushed. And Inez was behind that. You know, so yeah, this film is about her story. You know, it's um it's directed by Jessica Graham. Hey, and you people, fans of this podcast, you should know the name. There's Jessica has well, we've spoken to Jessica a few times. You know, she is a just a talent, a marvel, a lovely lady. So she directed it. And it was a written by Amy Walker, right? And Amy Walker was in um, Jessica's short film, Listen, right? We talked about that. Oh, I feel it was coming to the close of last year, right? So um, this was produced by Jennifer Brufer, Claire Degurin, Sean Fernland, Susan Kelman, Clara Kupperberg, Julia Kupperberg, Alejandro Lopez, Martin Melu, Daryl Pugh, Rachel Fundat, and Walker herself. Right, music is by Nippon Na. Uh, cinematographer is Sherry Cook. Um, man, like production design, which really a key part of this is Mikkel Gold along with costume design which also you know it's a marvel and that was Eloia Mizell like the makeup we've got Marina Corrier, Diana Escamilla and Coco Quinn like so many talented people here people and the film stars Amy Walker you know, she is uh, definitely invested in this, and she played Inez herself, right? We've got Jessica Erin Martin as Avida, Inez's sister, okay? We've got um, Travis Joe Dixon as Dr. Campbell, right? Martha Willock as Helen Todd, Justine Washburger as Alice Chambers, Marie Mute as Dorothy Davis. You got um, Reluca Amarine as Sylvia Buckman. Yeah, um, Madison Prince and Roderick Ruse are, um, yeah, they're, they're up in there as townspeople and alike. And Alex Ross, yeah, he's up in the film as well. And so, as I said, look, this film, it's um, set in... 1916 election year and suffragette Inez Milholland will stop at nothing to take the stage and rally support for women's right to vote until a doctor reveals something she never never saw coming right so um the film starts with a, a little bit of information you get a little bit of information and then we have these kind of um hazy shots you know we've got the crowd chanting like billboards they're ready inez she's you know walking to the stage but you can see she's kind of shaky and we have her slumping against the wall right slumping against the wall you're thinking oh what's up so we have a doctor 
he's tending to Inez. And, you know, he's like, you're ill. <laughs> you can't be there. But she knows how important this is. You know, so she really wants to take the stage. And we get, we get these, you know, interactions between Inez and the Doctor. Right, so you think about the time this is, you know, set in, you know, 1960. You know, just look, women can't even vote. You know what I mean? So it's just like, hey, the kitchen and baby making, man. Ah, and you can make my clothes, you know, sew my clothes, you know, do that. That's what you do. So having a woman, you know, be, yeah, holding rallies holding rallies is crazy so i think you can see the um you know the way they're talking and you and you get the sense that inez is definitely like listen you're not telling me what i can do right and when you're watching it at first you do feel that the doctor is you know trying to be a little heavy-handed maybe through the interchange, you understand that no, the doctor is, you know, he, he's trying to have a her um, you know, a health. He's trying to look after, look out for her. Right? But all of this is really well, you know, displayed. Like nothing needs to be told, right? Because you get it from the cadence in the voice, right? The the way. The, the body language is, it's all there, it's all projecting to us, what the hell is going on, you know, which is, um, yeah, just from this small little interchange, you know, you, you get so much, right, and I think that is, it's key, you know, it's a very important thing in a film, right, we don't always get it, I mean, you, you get these huge Hollywood films, which, you know, you're watching it and you're thinking, oh, there's no chemistry here. Or like, well, that was meant to be those two people in love or, you know, because there's nothing, there's no emotion. But the emotion that we get here, you know, it, it's just, you look at the words that are used, right? And there's snaps at the doctor, you know what I mean? Like, oh. I do, you know, I'm not even going to say what she says because it is like, ah, man, it's this key little, just this little throwaway line that hey, you think it carries so much and especially for that time, right? <laughs> right, today we have songs like WAP, right? Back then you, you weren't talking about certain things, so, you know, mentioning certain things, you are making a statement, right? And that's all there. But I think one of the key things here, one of the big points of this film is when Inez gets on that stage, gets on that stage to talk. Oh, man, you get the goosebumps, right? Now, think of all those films that you've watched with speeches. Yeah, there's some classic films, right? With these poignant speeches. I mean, Braveheart always comes to mind. You've got Malcolm X. You've got Selma. 
You know what I mean? They're, they're definitely there. You have speed. Like, everyone always talks about, like, those, those points in Rocky, right? But there's these films with these poignant moments. Lord of the Rings, you know? And it's the way it's in which it's told, right? It's the, it's the way it's packaged. Now, here, right, you have Inez on the screen. Now, we get a close-up, and then there's this build-up, the music. And it's not one of those things where, you know, you have films and music is used. It's kind of used as a crutch, right? You're getting bludgeoned with it be like people this is the moment when you're meant to feel happy or right here this is when you feel sad oh this is a tense moment no this isn't that the music is it's another actor on the stage you know it you feel it buoying up the moment encapsulating the words framing it you know what I mean? The words are the picture, the music are the frame. And we get we get this speech from Inez that is powerful. And you just think to yourself how those ladies in that room must have felt as she is talking, calling them to arms. You know what I mean? You hear that and you're really like, I'm go yo, I am going to vote. And I'm going to tell my friends, and we're going to get this done. You know, it's one of those. It's one of those, man. And it's so powerful. So powerful. And we get cutaways to um, the audience, you know, the crowd, and we're seeing the expressions. You know, a sister at the side of the stage, and all of this. And, you know, you, you get that this is, you know, one of those key moments in time, right? But the story, now this is, it's a 12-minute short film. It's a 12-minute short film. But what it packs, man, it packs so much. You know, because we, we understand the, you know, the struggle Inez is going through herself. You know, this is the end of a tour end of a talking tour so she's been killing herself to do all of this and we now see the full impact of that the toll it has taken on her but that determination to not let anything stop you from doing this thing from delivering this message from changing the world right i mean how crazy is that? How crazy is that? You know, nowadays, someone donates to a charity and they got to talk about it on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's just what she did was huge. Huge. And you think most people, they wouldn't have got up on that stage. You know, but we see, we see it all from everyone standing around, like watching her. You know, and then it's the bump, it's the cheers, you know, everybody, you think about those gigs you've gone to, and everyone is stamping, stamping their feet, hitting the wall, bam, 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 that's what you hear, you hear that reverberation, you know, which is, 
the sound in this film, you know, as I said, it's another character. They have utilized it so well to capture these different moments, to capture the, you know, the struggle with Inez, the illness of Inez, to capture the emotion of a speech, the energy of a crowd. It's all there. It's all there, people. And you sit and you watch and you are encapsulated by it all. Encapsulated by it all. Right? So at the end, we find out, you know, what happened to Inez. You know, this is just the words are on the screen. I will say, right? They are the words, you know, I'm as you know, people, I'm not always a fan of words on screen, but these are clear, right? They're clear, you can see them, and you, you need to pay attention. You need to pay attention because you find out, right? Now, you you think, oh, this lady, she did this speech, all right, and then she probably got her throat sorted out. No, it gives you everything, it tells you what happened. So this isn't just a, you know, a, a, a little, you know, she was able to shrug off this little moment. No, this, this was a life-changing thing. It was a life-changing thing. But as I said, look at where the world is now, right? Where the world is now. They, she did so much stuff, so much stuff. So if you can, people... And I'm sure you can. Like, it's, as I said, it's 12 minutes long. You can find 12 minutes. Go watch Into Light, right? It is a, it's a marvel, right? You, you think all of these things have come together. You know, as I said, look, the sound, the lighting, because you do get a feel of, you know, the 19, 1900s. Uh, I forget how you would say it. Because I mean, hmm. well, let's just say 1960. It feels like that era, right? The, the, the just the, the, the clothes, the wardrobe, everything that people were wearing. And then, you know, you have this just tremendous acting from, from this group of people. Because you believe all of these interchanges. I mean, our key people are definitely Walker, you know, Jessica Aaron Martin and Travis Joe Dixon. And yeah, you believe everything within them, you know, like, hey, because, you know, Martin plays um, the sister, you know, Vida. And you can understand, you know, the care Vida has for Inez. But she understands she understands everything that inez is doing and that is all evident and as i said look dr campbell right at first you think oh he's just like ah eh, little lady ah she's so weak she just collapsed but then you but then you see you know he lets you know he's got daughters right and so he understands he knows so although he's a bit like, ah, she should be resting, you know, he, he's not going to stop her. He knows the importance of the things that she's doing. Uh, but you read it, you read that struggle on his face. 
You know what I mean? You, that, that's how, you know, powerful the performances are, right? So you take those performances, you couple them with everything else, and that's how you get a great film. <laughs> so people, go watch it, right? The, um, the link will be in the episode details. So, um, yeah, go do that. Check it out. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think you're going to like it, you know. If you watched Listen and you enjoyed that, then, yo, you will definitely love this. You know, because it's a different subject, but performance is just as great. Okay? So, go check that out and enjoy. All right. Okay, people, so... Now you've heard about it, why don't we hear from the woman herself, Inez Milholland? That's right, the writer and the star, Amy Walker, people. Here you go. Okay, so I am here with Amy Walker, who is the star and the writer, producer of Interlight. Um, and you know, she's been in a host of other things. She's a singer, yeah. You do, do plays like what don't you do, Amy? You're like you're busy as basketball. hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little short for basketball, but um, <laughs> have you got a good outside shot though? No, I have no shot at basketball. <laughs> None. It's bad like that. (laughs) See, when I was younger, like they just started um, Nike. They started this three-on-three competition. And so they were going to do it in like the Docklands, which was a new up-and-coming area over here in London. And like me and my friend, they used to show basketball like late at night. So late at night, sometimes I'd come home or I just couldn't sleep and you'd have basketball and American Gladiators. (laughs) 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 Watching those two things, which is a big contrast. But, um, you know, like Muggsy Bogues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sean Kemp as a big rap fan and like Sonic's fan. And I was like, so I got some friends together. I'm like, yo, we need to do this. We (laughs) need to do this. This will be incredible. We can win it. I I took them into entering. So we entered, signed the forms, entered the competition the day before, right? It was around my friend's house and get a phone call and his mum comes into the living room she's like um i've got an alt an um autumn bird on the phone and i'm like hey what what oh shit oh man that's like you rush over the phone i'm like hi hi yeah and he's like um yeah so you you entered this competition i'm like yes yes we did he's like unfortunately we overbooked oh no. i mean guys like yeah we got too many teams not quite sure what to do and i'm just like oh man i'm like all right fine okay all right um so we didn't go in and then i think we played basketball the next day and then it dawned on me i can't shoot (laughs) i can't (laughs) shoot i didn't know 
I, 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 I can dribble. That's it. Like, I have no depth perception. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. And I was so happy after the fact that he gave me a huge out. I didn't embarrass mm -hmm. myself on national TV. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun as hell, though. Good. Good. It should be fun. It's a game. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about my uh, lack of basketball prowess. We're here to talk about you know, your, um, yeah, your acting talents and the like. So, Into Light, you mm. wrote the film. I did. Ah. Yeah. So, is this the first time you've written sci-fi? Sci-fi? Yeah. I mean... Uh, well, it's a historical That's like, biopic. It's not real. Women vote in power? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. See what you did there. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, um, you know, the history books, haven't portrayed <laughs> history, actually. So it, uh, it can seem like sci-fi to have this thing of like women voting, um, <laughs> but it was real. And <laughs> so we aim to bring the truth into light, hence the it, title. <laughs> it's, it, it's funny because I've never heard of um, Inez. Yeah, I hadn't either. For yeah. it, until a couple of years ago, because it's um, when they talk about um, like the suffragette movement, it's mm -hmm. usually uh, oh gosh, I can't. I'm trying to think of the the lady who usually gets um, yeah, um, right. Like um, there's somebody I can't even remember the name of the one or two people that we've heard of. Maybe Alice Paul, maybe Lucy Burns, maybe Susan B. Anthony. In our countries of course you have uh, emily pankhurst and yes um, that's it emily pankhurst is the one name that kind of gets mentioned yeah which you all like i think whenever people talk about movements and they'll be like oh yeah and that was that person you're like yeah it was a big movement there were other people yeah. it always seems weird yeah. when they only bring up one person you know yeah. but yeah. yeah when talking about the the suffragette movement it's usually Emily Pankhurst's name comes up, and that's mm -hmm. kind of it. And so, yeah, I'd never heard of Inez, which was just yeah. like, huh. Who literally know. gave her life for the movement. You know, she, yeah. she literally poured her whole life into it and died an early death, fighting for not just this, but also, you know, equality across the board. She was an early NAACP member. She was a peace activist during World War One. Uh, a peace correspondent in Italy traveling alone as a woman, totally unheard of at that yeah, era. You know, over years ago. Oh, I mean, yeah. She's going... now. So imagine what it would be like then. Yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. what kind of, how did you get introduced to her story? And then what made you think, I need to, I need to bring this to the light? Is yeah. It... As it was, yeah. Um, so about, I think it's about four years ago, maybe five by now, I uh, found out, I was fairly new to LA, that's where I live, and I found out about this, um, the National Women's History Alliance, and they are having an event. I thought, oh good, I'll meet some people, learn some history. And, uh, and there was a historian, Robert Cooney Jr., 
who was presenting all about Inez Milholland. And like you, I had never heard of her. And she's a huge part of why I'm able to vote. And I was so kind of, well, I was angry. I was angry that I hadn't heard of her. And I was so inspired by her story, which even if she had lived and done the things now, over a hundred years later that she did, she would still be groundbreaking. She would still be oh, inspiring. Yeah, no, for real. So I just, I felt like people needed to know about her and to know that, that, you know, we can aspire to be like her, you know, in our own way, that when we grow up with these examples of real women and real people, uh, you know, who are doing what we feel called to do and we know it's possible, you know, then we grow up with a different way of being. And so when Robert had said, I think, I think her story needs to get out there. I think there needs to be a film who agrees. And my hand shot up and he said, who should play her? And my hand shot up. Said, yeah. Who, who do you think should play her? And I was like, me. <laughs> and he kind of chuckled. And then I went up to him afterward and bought his book. And I said, I, I'm serious. Would you help me? <laughs> and so, um, you know, so we just kept in contact, and I, I met Martha Wheelock, another historian and a wonderful uh, filmmaker there at that event. And I, fun fact, uh, won in a raffle the brooch that I wear in the film, and then I had worn when I first played Inez, which was in my one-woman show that I was taking around the world. I, I chose just a piece of her speech, the same mm -hmm. speech portrayed in the film, um, and was performing it in Australia and London, here in the U.S. and people, uh, regardless of gender, were really inspired by her story. And I thought, okay, this whole women's history thing—it's our history, and we are interested to know. And so, yeah. you know, it just gave me more fuel. And I thought, okay, if I can do a short film first and show how fascinating and what an incredible story she has, then we can, you know, hopefully use that to get a. Uh, that time we wanted to do a film, feature film. Now we're looking at a whole series because in this research, I've discovered so many more women whose stories have not been told, especially women of color. And I'm really passionate about getting a great team together, uh, you know, totally diverse to bring these stories into light in the right way. Mm. You know, it's time. It's time. Okay. And yeah. oh. Ah, I, I, I want to tangent off into that, but let, let's let's stick with this and maybe circle back to that. But uh, yeah. I just quickly, what who did Robert feel should play her? You know, when you put oh, your hand probably up someone he'd heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. after um, yeah, you, you've met him. You've met um. Mm -hmm. Uh, Martha, who's in the film as well. She's on stage. She's on my right. Um, and I actually voiced Inez in her short documentary film. We've had a couple screenings where we put the two together. It's really powerful to see documentary uh, and the and our short mm. as well. Um, oh, nice. So yeah. where did, then what happened? What was the next thing? So the next thing was to write the short. And I needed to do a bunch more research, which I did and uh, continued to do. <laughs> and 
And then writing the short, I, I reached out to Martha again and to Robert and asked them who else, you know, who were the top historians for Inez because I really wanted to do it right and get all the information I could find. And so also found uh, Linda Lumsden, who has a wonderful um, uh, biography about her, and um, John Tepper Marlin, who's a descendant of her family line, of Inez's family line. She, Inez didn't have children, unfortunately. But um, So yeah, and I, and I wanted them to sign off on the script too. So in the drafting process, I made sure that I was um, you know, checking with them and getting it signed off. But for me, I I love writing and I write, I mostly write to play the characters who I want to, who I feel called to play, um, that I'm not being asked as, you know, like it's nobody else is doing it yet. So, yeah. okay, let's do it. Um, <laughs> so I, I go into, well, especially if they're alive, but either way, I ask permission. I like to meditate on this person and ask permission. If it had come to me, then there's some kind of a connection that, that you know, they came across my path in the universe, but I wanna ask, what do you want me to do in service to the story? How do you want me to tell the story? Am I, do you want me to also portray you? Do you want me to just write it? You know, there was a lot of that discernment and all the way through, you know, because she was larger than life in so many ways. And she had so much, she was so gregarious and poised from a really early age in ways that I was not, I was so shy, I was still something I work with. So to be able to fill those shoes is a tall ask for someone five foot two. <laughs> and so, you know, I really checked in and got to work through some self-doubt and, um, and really felt that this was my portion to do, um, to play her and write it. So, so with that, um, and with the guidance of these historians, um, I started putting that team together. And the first person I went to was Jessica, who you know. I'd worked with her before, and I, I knew that there were elements to Inez that I, I really saw resonant in Jessica as well. Um, so, I asked her first if she resonated and to, to direct it, and she did. And um, yeah, we put the team together. I mean, first, honestly, first on it was my now husband, Nipun Nair, who was like, you have to do this, you have to do this, just do it, we'll figure it out. So huge, huge love to him. That's it, that's crazy, man. Like, it just all came together like that. but. How do you, because this is the thing, right? You, you see a lot of different biopics and people playing things. I, I kind of feel that, I don't know, Ali, right? So Will Smith played Muhammad Ali. And I thought with that film, like the look was kind of there. Right, and, and you like hear Will talking and he'd worked on like mannerisms and you know, like uh, movement and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But for me, there was mm -hmm. like a soul that was missing from the film. And I've mm -hmm. seen it in some other kind of biopics where, you know, the, the scenery will be correct and the look mm -hmm. and this and that, but it feels, kind of empty mm. you know and mm. 
you so you have all these historians you know mm. they're involved they're giving you feedback and information and you're really immersing yourself into it mm. and you want to do this justice mm-hmm. but there's that line right where you are inhabiting the character or just i don't know how would you say just kind of um er acting <laughs> like the, yeah there's kind of like acting and just um you know you're like just duplicating you're like a shadow mm. a silhouette rather than a fully immersed being and yeah. sometimes you know we see just these silhouettes in mm. films and tv rather than the full-fledged person mm. so how do you and how did you right because i have seen it and uh, yeah it was okay it was all right yeah, you did well no, it was great like <laughs> i just i just thought you know just from the speech and everything that was involved it just there was a life there was a, a you know there was an energy there and mm. so you were able to you know tread that line and and, and get the information breathe mm. into it so how mm. did you stop you know the, the the all the all the cooks in the kitchen from messing up the meal as it were mm. that oh, was very convoluted i, yeah, I, I realized no i love it i love that question it's the question <laughs> when you're playing someone real or anyone I, you know, honestly for me uh even a character is is an, an entity mm. that i need, i need to be in communication with in communion with if it's my part to play them, whether that's for 24 hours for an audition or, you know, for a project that I work on for months but never gets made or for something that goes all the way through and gets to be then the next part of it is to be received by the audience and received by someone like you. Yeah, so because you're, the- you're always a character. You're always the person, right? Like, you know, seeing you in different things, it's never, oh, there's Amy. Right, it, it's there is this character, mm. you know, and even like I think watching because I remember I watched this and I watched the oh my memory is so bad. Was it listen? I think you yes, didn't. listen, mm. listen, and you wouldn't think you're the same person. Mm. You know, I I feel that speaks volumes. You know, because sometimes you watch things and you'd be like, oh well, yeah, that's thingy right rather than damn who's who's playing hercules like who's playing you know what I mean? mm. and it's just you know i i think that's very important with this with this mm. whole thing of actually inhabiting someone and and being and breathing life into them rather mm. than just being a you know like a a, a caricature or a puppet is it yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a process and it's an external and internal process. And for me, I have to keep going back and forth between them. So there's something very technical about how did she speak? How would she have moved? What would she be wearing? You know, how would she need to hold herself? What are the accounts of her? I know that she had a, a low resonant voice. I know that she 
lived in London from the time of being about 12 uh, to graduating high school. My cat <laughs> has joined us. Ah. <laughs> ah. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, I know that she, so, so I know that she had a transatlantic accent, which I did utilize for the, for the film. Um, because there are accounts of that and because she had a lot of, you know, she was raised in a very well-to-do household. That was the vogue at the time, was a, a an accent that's not quite British English, not quite uh, American, but something that both can aspire to. Mm. Um, so, you know, knowing those things about her, sometimes it gets very, very technical. And then it's... You know, I, I spoke a little bit about it when I was talking about the writing, um, but you have to keep keep giving yourself permission, and, and I think of it too as like uh, asking permission, and then receiving it, and it happens in layers. And until I have really given myself permission to go, okay, Inez was Inez. I'm not going to be literally her, but I'm going to be the her that needs to be brought to light at this time in this place now and i ask for her support in that and for her guidance as to what do you want me to say with this you know what do you want to say through this um and and then i have to take it in and for me i, I feel like we are these kaleidoscopes we have all these bits and pieces infinite every possible combination of picture in us and we just kind of twist it around, especially as actors, as artists, but people, you know, anybody, we do this. And then, all right, I'm gonna take these same pieces and rearrange them, and now that same light is shining through, but what you see is a different experience. And what I'm seeing through that is a different way of seeing life. So it, it kind of works both ways. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you have to get into that innermost layer. It's just like, when I um, speak with my Australian friends, because I lived there, because I met them and I sounded like this, because it was natural to me, um, it would be really weird for me to not just sound like I, I wasn't, I'm not being not me when I'm speaking an Australian accent. I'm being me. I'm communicating in a way that my Aussie friends and the people, you know, who I interacted with there, who I, I know how they're going to respond to it, you know, so it's not, it's just me communicating in a way that I know they're going to receive the most normally. Yeah, because yeah. there's, a, there's a cadence, right? And, uh, oh, that was bad. Oh, I, 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 I still <laughs> love him. <laughs> but there's a, there's, a, there's a cadence, there's a flow to communication, isn't there? Mm. So it's, it's within using tone and pitch and words, right? Mm. It means, you know, going to certain situations and certain words can ostracize you, can put you out of that flow. So I think we adapt, you know, we adapt when we go into certain situations. So you, you fit in, you know, you can, yeah. you can get into that, choreography of words that people around you are using so yeah mm -hmm. no all of that definitely um definitely makes sense but then you have to kind of coordinate with everyone around you now 
on on this set so mm, how do you do yeah. how do you then do that bring them into the dance yeah well i i brought in a dialect coach who was me <laughs> and um because I, I was speaking with jessica about it and we definitely wanted the to, we wanted uh, the woman playing my sister, wonderful actress, Jessica Aaron Martin, um, you know, she in the audition was already doing a great job. And then I just, you know, worked with her to refine a few things. And then same with the doctor. And he didn't have as like, we just wanted um, a more timeless feel for him, but not the transatlantic because he was from California and would have had mm -hmm. a different and in a different echelon. Um, you know, doctor is so well to do, but but his accent was specific to him and to that time period. And so I just worked with them, um, but they're great. They picked it up really quickly and had already been doing their research. So, um, yeah. And the cool thing too that I wanna mention about the doctor, um, you know, there's a lot of, when we see the few films about women's rights that, there, that exist, it's usually, um, like, oh, the men don't want it, and oh, keep those women down and stuff. But I wanted to show the very real, well-meaning men who, as champions of women, wanted to protect them. Literally, literally thought that we're just made differently and that women are too fragile for business and for politics and... Uh, and like just weren't aware of their own biases and their own ulterior motives to keep us mm. controlled, you know, but literally like wanted to protect his daughters and thought this woman who's obviously incredibly ill because she's pushing herself out of the bounds of, of what her sex, what her gender is supposed to be, is capable of. So for him, uh, and for all the men who auditioned for it, it was really important that we find somebody who could portray that um, that desire to, to support um, and not just to, to damp her down. You know, we, we have the naysayers in the audience and that's an important um, you know, aspect to show as well. But for him, I, I, his journey is probably my favorite in the film and uh, Travis Dixon did a wonderful job. Yeah, how did you find him for that? And how did you find it, all of the, these cast members? Yeah, uh, uh, I believe Jessica, our director, had worked with him before, and we both reached out to some uh, awesome actors we'd worked with before and had them audition, and we both were in alignment with who we wanted, um, and they were great. <laughs> and then in terms of the other cast members, um, the, the ones on stage with us, some of them we had known, and some of them are amazing producer, Martine Mello of Kali Pictures, who was so instrumental in getting this made for a doable budget. Um, she she knew a lot of the crew and um, some of the our wonderful suffragists as well. So, um, and then for our extras, our background actors who were fantastic, we, we really reached out, um, you know, in Facebook groups and on all the casting sites, but also with Martha Wheelock, who I mentioned before, one of the historians on it, who ended up being in the film. And she has um, nonprofit Wild West Women, which is also a production company. And they were our fiscal sponsor for this. So we were able to take 
tax-deductible donations from people, also in-kind, you know, borrow or give people a tax receipt to be able to borrow uh, equipment and yeah. all these things. Mm -hmm. So she has this mailing list and she's very much a part of the community. So it's Robert Cooney, who's the one I mentioned um, initially I found out about Inez from. Um, and so they put out to their mailing lists and to the National Women's History Alliance uh, that we needed props, that we needed background actors, that we needed costumes. And we got a whole handful of background actors who had been marching in the suffrage centennial float of the 2020 um, Rose Bowl parade. And they had all their wonderful, several of those women who have like the hats and, yeah. and the, the man in the um, you know top hat with the suit and everything. Those were their costumes. They came in fully ready, totally knowing the story and the era. And they got to be in this production that they had been, you know, imagining. So it was that was really special to have them be a part of it. Nice. Yeah, I was wondering about all of that because I think when we think about films and, and all of this, hmm. like sci-fi seems like that's gonna be the expensive one. But mm -hmm. if you make something a little historical, it, it brings down, it should bring down the costs. But then with something like this, you're thinking about, oh, the clothing, right? Possibly having to make and find and source all of this, the, you know, retro clothing. And you think, yeah, oh, that's not cheap. So being able to get these people, that must have been such a relief. It was huge. It was huge. Yeah, absolutely. And we got to borrow a lot of things too. Martha had some costume items. Some of the people on those mailing lists I mentioned donated costume and prop items. Um, we got to, you know, borrow from wherever we could because, as you said, it's a huge expense, and taking care of these clothes is a huge expense. So um, we were grateful that even the dry cleaning place gave us a discount, and you know, we just everywhere we could. We, we told them the story and said, look, you can be a part of something beautiful and important, and we will give you all the love and credit <laughs> and a tax receipt. <laughs> so it, was, it was special to have people jump on. Uh, nice. So why this moment, right? So out mm -hmm. of all the stages of her life that you must have been looking through and thinking, what made this, this, 13 minutes, right? Mm. The, the yeah. minutes of the life that you're like, this is the story, right? This is yeah. the thing that will resonate with people, that will speak to people. This is the moment I need to bring to the stage. Like, mm. it just came to me. It, it's, well, it's the, to me, the climax of her life. And I had a very clear, um, image of uh, something that we actually didn't even end up using but just like I had this sort of the rush of the crowd that you know and then like stomping which we, we did use and then uh, her feet on the steps going up to the stage and um, and the contrast between who she needs to go out and be for these people and the reality of the fact that she's got this you know terminal undiagnosed autoimmune disease and she's run herself ragged doing this tour of 
50 cities in 30 days by train, you know, getting in at 10 p.m. and giving a speech on the back of the train and then, um, you know, giving another speech that next morning at some society breakfast. And um, so, so I knew that I wanted to show kind of the basement, like this, the, the, the cold, hard reality of, of her struggle with what she was able to be in that moment for the people. Um, and so that to me was that piece is, is cutting back and forth between those. Uh, so you, you, you have this moment, you think, right, I want to tell this story. I want to tell this, you know, fragment of the life, right? So structuring that, mm. right? How did you then work that? Because I really liked, you know, so we have the moment and, and, I think I it can frustrate me at times music within film and TV, right? Because a lot of times it's like, oh, music, all oh, right, I'm meant to be happy now. Oh, so this is a sad moment. And oh, oh this is obviously funny. And you know, it, it's just like, it, it can be very clunky at being mm. like, people feel this. And it's like, uh -huh. when music, <laughs> it's a character right? It's not just a prop, it's a character, it, you know, it's atmosphere. And so with, with this, and you have the speech, and then it's the slow boom, 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 and it rises up, and it's just like, oh, you're in, and you get those days, like when you hear a powerful speech, and then you have the music, and it's just like, oh, damn, okay, all right, let's go, let's go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so what made, wait, did that come to you when writing, or in the moment when filming, like post-production, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. let's add, uh, you know, a rise to it here, like, how did all that come together? Mm. Well, it was definitely in the the seed of my vision for it. It was in the script to the extent that I could, you know, imagine it then. But the beauty of the filmmaking process is that it's totally collaborative. Mm -hmm. So my husband, who did the editing, he did the sound design. So all the when are we hearing the steps? When are we hearing the the you know the crowd? Um, what does her illness sound like internally? That's all him. He also did the composing and then the, the sound mixing and, a f and some visual things that we needed to do to augment the crowd. Um, so then he and our director, Jessica Graham, um, came together to make that happen and figure out how to realize that. So there's the idea, but then the how part, that's really, that's like 98% Nippon. And this was my first experience of writing something that was as big and beautiful as every biopic I'd ever seen and dreamt of from the time I was tiny, because that's always been my dream. Like the epic is to, to play real people and to do it beautifully. Um, this is the first time that, that the finished product is everything and more that I had imagined and totally the same feeling that I had imagined. Mm. But he knows how to do it. <laughs> so uh, so was, yeah. was that part of these wooing game? He'd be like, I'm, if I knock this out of the park, maybe she'll say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, I don't know. 
but no, I mean, like, I was All already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in. <laughs> He's an incredible, incredible collaborator, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And he was there on set. And the way that he said it, which just was an incredible honor and, and definitely the way we want to continue filmmaking, is he was on set and he said, the goal for me was to recreate what I felt in that room. Mm -hmm. And with filmmaking, you know, you do it piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. So you don't have, it's not all there happening at once. You've got lights, you've got cameras, you know, you've got weird stuff behind that wall and, uh, you know, weird things happening here and they all have to pretend they're making sound while I'm talking and I had to do my whole speech while they hadn't even come, you know, arrived yet. And, um, and then, but, there was a moment when the when the background actors had arrived and we planned I wanted Martha Wheelock, the historian, actor, filmmaker, to um, to speak to them about the time, about what was happening on this day so that they would really know what was happening and we could pick um, who are the hecklers, who believes what she's saying, who, you know, um, and I didn't want them to see me yet, mm -hmm. so they hadn't seen me yet. I was backstage sweating bullets. My producer, who had put everything into this, not even knowing me before this, I was like, oh, she's she doesn't know whether I can do it or not. <laughs> you know, all these people, all this time and money and energy. And I came out and, and Jessica, the director, had said, why don't you do, just do the whole speech. We're gonna go all the way through. We won't piecemeal it for these first times. So I came out and then that feeling and having the crowd respond genuinely to Inez's real words, all of those words in the speech are hers. Um, that was an incredible feeling. And then because Nipun was there, he was able to, to know what that, what that felt like in his body and his being, and then find ways to recreate that for you through the magic of his incredible talents and filmmaking. Uh, it was, it was, I, I, we always want to have the editor and post-production be there on set for that purpose um, because like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? There's, I think there's so much of like production that makes no sense. Like, you know, the, a, another house making a trailer does not make any sense. It is, I mean, I remember as a kid watching trailers and thinking, ah, oh, I can't wait to see this comedy. And did you go, you know, like, that, like, there was no jokes, like, <laughs> like what? And then like, you then discover, oh, the director doesn't do the trailer. And the trailer is made be sometimes long before the film is finished. And, you know, hence, the Suicide Squad, <laughs> the Packle, you know what I mean? And, it, and, and there's so many, I mean, like, I think it was like Rush Hour, the trailer for that was just nothing like the film. And so all of the, there's so much that does not make sense. Yeah. So having, yeah, the editor and the, you know, the composer and those people on set to kind mm. of just soak in that vibe and experience, that's, yeah. That, yeah. that seems that that should be film 101, right? <laughs> yeah, when possible. You know, it's not always possible, but if they can come mm. for at least one day, one crucial key day, um, then 
I, I, it's always a goal for me now, knowing what that was like for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, you mentioned how so much of it doesn't make sense. The location that we used, it, it was actually all the same location, but it's reverse. It's actually the stage is down on the first floor, and then everything we did as the basement is this alcove up on the top floor, and then the stairs are going into the attic. So uh, okay. we were perfect when I was scouting, and I was like, oh, no, it's all here. It's just... We have to pretend it's this way. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, strangest things. It's the upside down. <laughs> right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like how many days? How many days is Two. like the shoot take? Two days. Ha. Huh. Okay. How long? Like, what were the hours like? Uh, let's see. Well, that first day was the speech and everything in the you know, the stage theater location. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember, because I was all getting there early. I, you know, not maybe 12 hours, nothing, um, not 16. Um, for, and that depends on, so the extras were only there for four hours. Yeah. Uh, a couple of yeah. them stayed longer to get some of those shots coming up the stairs. But we wanted to really respect everybody's time and especially because they were there just for goodwill and food and credit and being a part of something beautiful. Um, but yeah, I think it was about a 10 or 12 hour day. And then the second day ended up going longer um, miraculously because there was supposed to be a dance party downstairs, which would have stopped filming. And we were trying to keep it to be a short day, um, but that was not happening. And by some magic, the dance party didn't happen. We were able to keep filming. So that was a long, that was a longer day. But again, probably 14 or something, not, not 16. <laughs> Maybe for me, <laughs> they're longer. But um, yeah, it's, they're long, okay. long days. So we did it. So if the first day was the speech, right? So the second day was like the, the conversation with the doctor be like, you can't go on stage. You, 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 you're ill, you have pernicious. And you're like, pernicious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Again, eh? that's the first time I've ever heard of that. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, I think, firstly, it's crazy how you, you hear something and be like, well, that's like, what, a few days in bed, antibiotics and you're fine, right? And you're like, wait, that killed her? How the hell? Yeah, well, by that time, so LA, she's, she lived in New York. So this was the toward the end of a very long and grueling tour that mm. pretty much everybody else except her and her sister had said, I, I'm out. Like, this is enough. This is too much for me. Um, but she kept going because there was that whole it still exists, but there was this whole, you know, women are weak, women can't handle this, what are you doing? Um, and so she really wanted to push past that. She had, before she left, she had really acute tonsillitis, which when you're giving speeches, not fun, not fun. So she was actually like draining pus, literally, and her, and her teeth even were, we didn't want to mention all of the things because it's a little extra, but like her teeth were even, um, uh, infected oh, and oh. yeah and then anemia you know so she would just get totally exhausted just completely exhausted 
Um, and then they were giving her, as you maybe saw in the film, the helpful medicine of arsenic and strychnine. Yeah. So it, the, the fact that those <laughs> used to be medicines is just yeah, like right. Yeah, leeches too. <laughs> oh, you're weak. Let's suck your blood. Um, yeah. So there was that. Um, and. And so we were, we were just, we were at that point where it was beyond, you know, she was beyond, but she still would get up and do the whole speech and be, and like ride that energy from the crowd and stay for hours after, even with this, she stayed for hours after answering questions, shaking hands, doing all the thing. And she would think she was fine. And then she would totally collapse. Mm. Um, and so then it was only, I think it was three weeks later, um, and she went pretty much straight to the hospital and stayed in the hospital until she passed. Um, so, yeah, I think they also didn't have the tools they have now for being able to, to you know, the, the medical prowess they have now. Um, who knows if she would have survived now. Yeah, it's, um, when, like, when you hear about something like that, it's just like, whoa, that just seems crazy seems crazy but you know the vote did come through so you're thinking like ah oh, wonder if she knows right you know people talk about afterlives and you know essences and spirit like um, all of that kind of jazz and like who knows what it is but yeah. I, I yeah you wonder like man like you you'd hope there was a way for you know people like her who who do all of that but never see the finished thing to realize mm -hmm. that those efforts were not in vain yeah, yeah but I, I guess at least her sister saw it which is yeah, you know, absolutely that that's big that's big yeah you know, but how do you go from the speech, you know, the big rousing speeches and everything on the first day to then doing those other scenes the next day. What what did you use to get back into that mindset, to get back into the, you know, the, the, the feel of all of this, to be able to shoot those powerful little moments there? The reality of what's happening. I mean, you just, it's like, the more um, I can use my senses to to get my body into what's happening, you know, I'll uh, we can stay up in our heads so so quickly. But for me, as long as I'm in my body, in the reality of what's what's happening, it's all there because you, by that time, my God, I've lived this woman for four years, <laughs> like lived with this script intimately, and even did a couple line tweaks the night before, and it's just all still very alive. Um, so tapping into a timeline in out of order, I mean, we do that all the time with memories, right? Mm. You smell something and you're boom, right back in 50 years ago or whatever, uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> like, um, but it's, it's all still very real. So as long as I've lived in that and, and flesh that out. And as long as I can then be really present to what the actors are giving me in that moment and, uh, you know, what I can feel and remember for in the scenes that we're filming of having 
fainted on stage and coming back, you know, remembering what that was like and the the need to be there. Um, as long as I stay in my body and present, then it can speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, yeah, it was really just fascinating those conversations right between you know the doctor and Inez because as you say like at first you think oh is he you know just like ah little lady <laughs> you better you know get back to the kitchen and you know understand your role but no then you realize you know as it's going on you see that no there's more to it Mm-hmm. You know, and he, when he opens up to um, your sister and he's just like, oh, I've got, you know, three daughters and yeah, I, I, I do worry. I do mm-hmm. worry. There is a concern about them growing up in this. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of you know, see that complexity within him. But even with the conversations with you, you know, it's not just straightforward. Like he under you get a sense he does understand what you're doing. But it's just like he he then still knows that you're going to kill yourself. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, ah, what can I do here? Mm-hmm. You know, and you get all of that just from those small little moments, which is, uh-huh. um, yeah, that, that must. <laughs> that was like, cool. I'm so yeah. glad. How many takes, uh-huh. you, know, the, the, you know, to get that energy, to get that just right. Yeah. Um, as few as possible because we had a lot to cover. I don't remember how many takes we got for each thing. Um, you know, honestly, I don't remember. It was different depending on each piece. And we actually, you know, two days for eight pages is actually, um, pretty great. Like that's, that's a doable amount of time. Um, but we wanted to get it right. And then of course there's all the technical stuff too. So I, I don't remember, you know, at least, I don't think there was any time when we had to push it less than two, um, maybe a couple times where we got two, that was it. And we had to move on to the next scene and you just hope that it's there. But, um, you know, Jessica is very clear and knew exactly what she was looking for. And our incredible Emmy winning DP, Sherry Kauk, knew exactly what she was going for um, in terms of, you know, the, the frame and, um, and what she was capturing on film. So um, so they they know when it needs to go another time. Yeah. And they were willing to, if we felt like, nope, there's something else that I didn't bring that time, give me one more, they would, you know, we, we would do it. And again, thanks to <laughs> the dance party not happening, we had that luxury of getting to go a little bit longer, so. Right. So yeah. then you were in post-production, like what, how long did that take? What was that like to go through it all and then, yeah, decide, all right, we need to keep this and oh, that doesn't actually work as well. Now you're seeing it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we shot on February 10th and 11th of 2020. And so by the time we started post, we were basically in lockdown already. Here in LA. So it was like our entire post-production process. Um, gratefully, Nipun and I had moved into our home. And so, you know, we had the studio that we could 
be in and we were just we had this whole rig of like iphone to zoom to this thing to show jessica what was happening and to her to see us and um so it took time it took quite a bit of time to edit that down because um well a because we shot on 8k we shot on 8k so um that's massive footage it takes a long time to deal with so uh so there you know there were some technical reasons why it was take why it would take a while but also there are a lot of different ways that we could put it together um and we wanted something a little bit straight you know we wanted it to feel like ooh. I haven't seen this before, but I'm familiar enough with the medium that I want to go for this ride. I can trust you that you're going to take me somewhere pithy and that it's going to feel like like I'm in a time and place. Um, but then once we kind of got it to a place that was too straightforward, really, for what we wanted, but it was all there, then Jessica very wisely said, okay, Nippon, take it and just be an artist and you cut it the way that you feel it don't worry about you know we kept aside that version you just go and put it together how you feel it and that was where because there was this whole beginning thing where initially with the script people had said well we need to know more about what's happening here um so i had written like a prologue thing that uh, my sister vita says and we had the the found footage or the archival footage that we have in the end we'd had in the beginning but then it was just not working and it was feeling like a documentary and so he really then took that and put together the the beautiful beginning mm. um that puts you into that and then you know carrying us through and then there were tricky things like the faint how do we how do we cut in because we had a lot of different angles with that um and then there's this one piece that's kind of like a running joke of love which is the hallway sequence jessica had a really clear image and she she kept calling it I, I want it to be the grotesque blossoming of inez's illness like that she's just sort of bursting through this um hallway uh, in this way and so that especially for the sound design that took a lot of iterations to get like how do you portray the grotesque blossoming of Inez's illness <laughs> through sound design and these images. Um, so, yeah, so he edited it. And then because he was also doing the sound and the composing, um, a couple things that normally can happen simultaneously had to happen in a linear fashion because he was the entire team. <laughs> so it took, it took a while, but um, bless him, he took that time. And then we got this, uh, Martine had worked before with Maxine um, Gervais, who is an incredible award-winning colorist who did Black Panther and Pacific Rim and The Witches recently. And she colored our film. So that was amazing and brought it to a whole nother level. Okay. Yep. You know what? I always thought that it's maybe you just use different filtered lenses on the camera because then you can't control anything so the whole the whole when you're capturing that image you want to capture as much information as possible mm. you want to shoot in log so that it looks all if you've ever seen where it looks really desaturated before they've done anything it's because white holds all of that color information so then you can play with it 
You know, you can decide, ooh, this is the look that we want because we're portraying this period, or this is the look that we want because we're doing um, Sin City, or, you know, yeah. and you have those options only if the more information you capture. Mm -hmm. So because we captured um, in 8K, we could crop in in places that we needed to, like with the crowd, putting making 33 people feel like a lot of people. <laughs> that was some very specific, um, you know, punching in that that we needed to be able to do. And it took a while to piece that together um, so that we're not just seeing the same few people. Yeah. And then not seeing yeah. those people because they're only dressed from the top up. The rest is jeans. <laughs> <you know>? like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, yeah. when you sh what when did you first show it? Because within lockdown, cinemas closed, everything like that. So, what was that? Uh, how did that work out for you? We reached out to the National Women's History Museum, uh, and they and we did a sort of a pre-screening with them. So last year, 2020, was the centennial of the 19th Amendment being ratified, which is the, the amendment giving women the right to vote. Um, and, and so it was a big year of celebration. A lot of celebrations that were planned had to get change, changed or scrapped because of lockdown. But we did, um, you know, we did a virtual screening and we had a way that people could even register to vote when they signed up for it. So we registered over 200 people to vote, which was really cool. And then we did a, so we paired that, um, the, our short film with Martha Wheelock's short film, um, Inez, oh, Inez Forward Into Light, Inez Milholland Forward Into Light. Um, and so, and, and the title of my film is a nod to her film. And both of them are quote from Inez directly of Forward Into Darkness, Leave Behind the Night. I'm sorry, Forward Out of Darkness, Leave Behind the Night. Forward Out of Error, Forward Into Light. So we, nice. we both use part of that. Uh, so then we did a Q&A afterward, and we got to do a live event on, on August 26th, which was the actual day that um, the 19th Amendment had been ratified. So it was really special to do something on that day. Yeah, yeah. In honor and to do that together. And then we'd been submitting into film festivals, so we're now in our sixth film festival um, that's actually going to be at the drive-in mm. and Quinn and I are going in in Oregon uh, the Oregon Short Film Festival uh, it'll be at the drive-in so we'll get to see it big finally <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> so is this going to be like yeah the first time you'll be there with people seeing it yeah yeah Oh, Still each in our own cars. Yeah. We won't be able to totally feel them, but more than digitally, where all they can do is like type, yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, a, a, like a digital, you know, premiere is, you know, you get to get the film out there, but it's not quite the same. So actually being able to, you know, be in a place with people experiencing it. That will be something special, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, hmm. for sure. And is there gonna be, so 
it's happening at this drive-in. Will there be? Uh, and one in uh, in um, Nevada. We got into another the Nevada short film festival. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, when does that one take place? March. Uh, all the links of it all uh, are in my link tree. So uh, link tree slash Amy Walker. You'll have all all of those links. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw that in the uh, episode details so people will be able to um, make sure that they know what's happening and yeah, um, yeah be able to get down and, and see this uh, this great short film. Yay, it's also on Amazon so people can see it there, um, but it's it's I'm really excited to see it on the big screen mm. too. It's, you know, it was shot and it's got a wide, we shot in CinemaScope so it's it's meant to be on a big screen. Uh, oh man, that's going to be something. Like for, you know, when you've been in something, what is it like, you know, from, you know, seeing it on a small screen to then actually seeing it projected onto that huge screen with the, the proper sound system and everything just resonating, like, how does how does that kind of impact you it's it's a huge feeling it's a you know it's um I've known since I was eight that this is what I wanted to do and the joy of a project like this is that is that not only do I get to enjoy seeing you know the portrayal that I put forth but seeing these incredible actors bring these lines that I had written on a piece of paper into life in ways that I, that are exceed even how I had pictured them and you know getting to experience everybody's work and know what went into every detail of it that's just exponentially more thrilling because I, I know who made that prop I know how hard that was you know and how many times we worked on that one little moment and there it is so, um, so getting to, to produce and write um, and be a part of that whole process is a whole other level of fulfillment. But even just writing, um, and it's different because when I'm, when I'm only dropping in to act, which is also really fun, it's a lot less pressure. <laughs> um, it's fun because you get to go for the ride. Mm. And you don't know what takes they chose. You don't know how they put that together. And oh yeah, good call, changing that thing. And huh, okay. I didn't even see it that way. And now you brought something in that I hadn't known was there. I didn't know you were going in that direction. Maybe they didn't know they were going in that direction when I was on it, but then it went into a whole other, you know, opened itself up into a whole other place. So you can't, you don't really get to go for the ride when you've spent thousands of hours on it, but it's a different ride. And it's just like a, you know, you just love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, this is incredible. It's incredible. Like, and the, the you know, the, the historians and everyone that have, you know, spent their lives looking into all of this. What's their reaction been? Incredible. It, that's been the hugest uh, gift to receive to me is the people who've spent, who spent more time than I have in her story and envisioned her because there's no film of her, there are pictures but there's no, um, we don't have any audio samples of her. So this is the first, it's not the first time she's been portrayed. She's been portrayed on film in a couple other ways, but not 
how I see her as she's been portrayed kind of like weak because she fainted, but um, she was a flipping firebrand, you know? She was totally leading, leading the charge and she was in all the newspapers and out there flirting and having huge fun um, while being very specific and clear about her goals. And so to have historians, um, you know, take the time to write really specific emails and and share what it meant to them and how I my portrayal is how they had pictured her. That's the hugest compliment. No, that yeah, that must be great. That must. I remember watching like Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, yeah. and going, oh yeah. That's how I envisioned the two towers. Mm. Oh, damn. Right, because when someone else takes something that you've like read and, you know, immersed yourself in, it's just like, ah, I mean, they're not gonna get it right. And it's not gonna, you know, and then you watch it and be like, oh yeah, that's how I saw it. That's how yeah. I saw, oh, damn. Yeah, that's the that's the thing you, you want, right? You trying yeah. to do that, but, God damn, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's also really fun. <laughs> totally worth the agony and joy and work. <laughs> All right, so what next? You know, you've done this, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you've taken this, you know, incredible woman and brought just this point of her life to the big stage. So, yeah, what next? Definitely, I would like to bring her whole story into to life uh, on screen. And I'm really, really dedicated to bringing, as I mentioned, bringing the stories of so many, particularly women, people of color, whose stories we haven't heard um, and have been seen as sort of peripheral when they were in the center of the movement. And this is our history. and we need to be inspired by them because they're flipping amazing. So I'm, I'm really excited about continuing in this vein with this particular movement um, and, and other <laughs> movements. But then also I'm co-writing another feature, um, really different time and place um, that I love and I'm super passionate about and have some other projects with my husband as well at Soulfire Creations, our production company. Um, and then I'm also an actress. I love to, you know, I mm, audition mm. and I'm currently in a play reading uh, over Zoom because that's about, about all we can do these days um, <laughs> as a, uh, with the Riant Theater, the Black Experimental Theater in New York um, that was written by Martha and Kay, her uh, writing partner. And it's um, being directed by the director of the Riant Theater. Uh, Van Dirk Fisher, I believe is his name. He's fantastic. And so that's on Sunday. Um, it'll be broadcast on, on Zoom, but we're doing what we can with backgrounds and all to make, the, to make it come to life. And in that one, I play Lucy Burns. So she's probably one of the suffragists who, in this country, we've often heard of Alice Paul and Lucy Burns. She was one who was jailed and force-fed and worked tirelessly for the effort um so that's a huge honor um so when you say sunday you mean this coming I mean, sunday the 21st yeah uh, the 21st uh. of, of february so i don't know if by the time people see this it might have already happened nope. but um 
Nope. But, okay. We'll be coming out tomorrow, Thursday. Yes. So people, it's happening on Sunday, right? Yeah. So what time on Sunday? So people can, like the information, yeah. we'll put it in the in the description. But yeah, like right. what time? Do you know the time? Yeah, 5 p.m. Pacific, which is 8 p.m. Eastern, which is probably really early for you. Uh, I don't know what that is, GMT. But if people are in the States or in somewhere where that time works, um, see five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. 10, 11, 12, 1. I think it's about 1 a.m. your time. Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> 1 a.m., that's still party time. <laughs> yeah, it's short. It's a one act. <laughs> and it's very historically accurate. Um, and and there'll be a, a Q&A after, which will be fun. Oh, oh great and is once um once it's aired is that it or will it be up for a period of time for people to that's a great question yeah. i don't know i i don't know i'll um i'll find out before this goes and i'll we'll put something in there okay. um yeah <laughs> how much time went into that you know there's it, it, it's a reading so you know it, it takes a you don't have to do maybe as much but you still need to get into that character and you know visualize and so yeah what what was the process yeah it's um it's a different process because like i, I there's a lot of kind of technical aspects to it to to making it um you know, learning is cramming as much of the speech you can because it only um, got announced. I only was only cast a couple weeks ago. So um, I've been, you know, researching her as much as possible and um, getting some great books and just immersing myself in her story. And then um, and then we've got only a week of rehearsals. And oh. <laughs> so far, they've been pretty technical in terms of like when to turn on your camera and what background to use and all that good stuff so it will have a little something extra um but but yeah it's it's um a different i didn't get the luxury of as much time as i got to take with inez mm. um, but i'm really passionate about her story too and i'm excited to look more into her and see if maybe there's something else to do with with lucy burns yeah like uh, yeah could she fit into the the series that you're putting together oh for sure yeah for sure um mostly i want to highlight women of color um so we'll see who how it all works with the collaborators on but um but she's totally a part of the scene so she'll be somewhere in there yeah yeah now with this like if we can just touch on this series because i am fascinated um yeah, I mean, I, I can't really, it's it's not, it's not formed yet. No, so no. I can't really, yeah. Yeah, but do, do you envision you're, you're picking people from just people from different periods of time or is it people that connect in some way or like, how are you yeah. kind of thinking? Yeah, covering the suffrage movement, which in our country lasted about a little over 70 years um so more like a patchwork of um you know if you have this woman's story arc and it goes over here but then on this day she met this woman and this is her yeah. story arc and on this day they were all in a room together and this is her mm -hmm. story arc you know i love how we can 
take these deep dives into different um, eras um, through that movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I like how, you know, that kind of thing. Did you ever see a show called Easy? It was on no. Netflix. Uh -uh. Yeah, I think it, I want to say it went for three seasons, but it followed, followed a lot of different people. Um, and right, so each episode had different characters in it, but because it was set in this place, you sometimes, you know, they might go to the, the coffee shop and in the background, you're seeing people that were from the last episode or will be mm -hmm. in the episode kind of, you know, coming. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like, you know, because we all inhabit this space. So it's yeah. just, yeah, I like how, you know, these things can get interwoven and everything like that. But, Me too. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's a, definitely a rich, period to kind of pick from yeah yeah and one that has largely not been portrayed much especially the bohemian movement and inez was really a part of redefining gender roles and marriage vows at that time with her husband and um you know it's a part of our history and our evolution that's been kind of like oh yeah, there were some women who fought hard to win the vote and they were all white and uh, they none of them ever had sex and it, anyway, um, go be chased and mm. don't do drugs. Yeah, okay, there's your like, yeah, Back to the men and the wars. You know, it was like, not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and she I'm much more interested. to know that. <laughs> yes, yes, I had to put that line in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you haven't seen it yet, see it for that line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it is an interesting thing that when you look at history, you see like a lot of things that we're told, oh, don't do that, and that's bad, and no one does this. And you're like, wait, they were do I thought that was, I thought no one did that. What's going, huh? It is. Yeah. It's crazy that we're not given all of this information. Yeah. Like, don't, does this frustrate you, right? Because uh, yeah. I, I, I know at the moment in the US, it, it's Black History Month, mm -hmm. which is, I hate, I hate these months, right? I think in England, it's, uh, I, I want to say October. I think it's September or October, one of the two. And yeah, I hate it because you, you during that period, suddenly you see, oh, there's a program on this person and this, and they'll do like, oh, you might see a few more adverts with like, you know, black leads, or if it's women's month, it's women leads and things like that. And then it goes back to normal after that. And it's just like, can we just stop? Can mm. we just teach? history why are we segregating our history into oh this is uh, you know latin month and women's month and black month and blah 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 it's, it's just like history is history let's just tell these stories you know it, it's crazy it makes no sense to me it makes sense because um there's a very very well designed oppressive system that is oh, working. Yes. Exactly. It makes sense. So, we're not there yet. 
you know yeah. we're still yeah. at that point where we have to okay can you handle it for a day can you handle it for a month chip away at that fragility and just see if you can handle it and see if you can see yourself a little bit more in this person and see if you can honor these you know like listen and feel the reality of these lives mm. and as we're doing that work yes absolutely i think they'll eventually become irrelevant but until then we just have to keep chipping away yeah and working together it would seem like and amplifying yeah amplifying voices now with inez and and the illness and everything like that right I, 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 you know, I, I was just kind of thinking about this just the other day, literally, when, when we talked about doing this, I just started to, suddenly, sometimes your mind goes to places, right? And there's it, it, one thing that always, it was it always seemed odd to me, right? When you're reading, you know, the, the Bronte sisters and, and people like that, right? And and it's just like, and you know, and she spoke to, she saw him walking through the field and oh, she fainted. And you're just like, wait, what? And it's always just, oh, and they turned and looked and she swooned and fell into the chair. I'm like, wait, that doesn't happen. Like people <laughs> just fall down like that. And it's just like, you know, and then thinking of that, and it's just like, do you think that was a detriment to you know movements and, and it made people's like Inez's work harder because the way literature and things were written back in the day when this all this you know pen went to paper as it were it mm -hmm. was written that yeah women faint all the time and they can't handle and he told her and she couldn't handle it and she collapsed and, then, and it's yeah. just like craziness like that and then that made people think oh yeah women can't handle this information and you know they need to be you know very delicate and whatnot yeah well i mean again very carefully designed stories that served the fantasy of being the savior as the mm. dude <laughs> so like i better she better have something wrong with her so that i can save her so that i can be the hero and then oh, I want him to be the hero. So even those few writers who were women who were able to be published better play into that fantasy. Yeah. Also, they were wearing corsets. And I don't know if you've worn a corset. There's not a lot of breath there. <laughs> so like they literally had shallow stairs and benches so that they could take a breath. And then make it up the next of stairs. Like, don't I mean. You understand. I, and when I say I don't, I, I should reframe that because I'm like, I don't think you understand. No, what I mean is like, when pe when you kind of look at history and you look at plays and things like that and people in court sits, you think, oh, it's clothing, right? And you don't understand what that did to people, right? It, it's suddenly, you know, I think it was, I was doing um, biology or I was looking into something and then you hear about, oh, it moved people's insides. These things, they're not just decorative. They really just messed you up. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. was just like, oh, damn. So yeah. it's just like, yeah. I mean, that that definitely would make sense that, yeah, you know, wearing those crazy things mm -hmm. will make people, um, yeah, 
feel unwell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, laudanum and all of the other things that they did to try and quiet down and control women who were outspoken uh, mm. at all. Well, yeah, I bet if you went through the records, right, it, all these people that got sent to, um, you know, the, um, I don't know, what's the term, right? Looney bin? I, I feel that's probably not... Yeah, the, the sanitarium. Yes. Steak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, all these people that got sent to these places, probably nothing wrong. Perfectly fine. <laughs> well, no, not wrong, just not able to be controlled. Mm. If they yeah. were maybe the medicine women of the town, if they had... Uh, you know, were in touch with their own divinity or, or, you know, just voice and they can't be controlled, then they're a threat. And what do we do mm. with that? Yeah, you got to quiet. Quiet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It, a lot to unpack. <laughs> it is. But it makes, like, things like this so much more important, right? Mm. Telling stories like this. Mm. Right. It's just because firstly, no one, we don't get taught this in school. No. Don't get taught this in school. You know, I, I like, I remember in history, I got in trouble because I read ahead. Right. Mm. I, I forget what, what we were reading about, but you know, you finish it and you were like, huh, what happens next? And you read the other things. And so I remember that like there was a question posed and I was like, ah, I know this and I answered it and I was like and you know like there was definitely ramifications from this into that and it led into it was like um we're not covering that I know but it plays it no 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 you're not meant to read ahead right we're only dealing with this and it's just like but it feeds into you read this history there's loads more but no it's we're force fed this narrow passage of information you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's yeah it, it's crazy so yeah thank you for um, telling this story thank you thank you for watching it no worries at all no worries at all yeah really just oh man really enjoyed it really enjoyed like it guys, yeah listen as well right I, I spoke to Jessica about listen and yeah. um whew, wasn't expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't expecting it. And it was, you know, for something with hardly any dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have done. So loud. It was mm-hmm. so loud. Yeah. You know, that was a, you know, incredible performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Another, another excellent team. Mm. Getting that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to see um, more from this collaboration. Thank you. Thank you. For sure. We definitely will work together again. We're we're creative soulmates. Outstanding. That's what we want to hear. Well, Amy, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm I'm glad we we finally got to talk about this. Yeah, I've wanted to talk talk about this for for ages. So yeah, I'm really pleased. So thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. So um, 
we're going to put all you know your website and your information and all of that in the episode details but anything else that you want people to to know before we mm-hmm. you know finish off i guess i would say i always like to put it back to the person so i guess i would say if you're feeling called if there's nobody telling a story that you know needs to be told start start keep that purpose ask permission (laughs) and then keeping that purpose really clear the people will come the resources will come and it will be larger than you Mm. yeah you know quickly just be you know a story that i've always been fascinated about right because like i remember you know like i think everyone knows about rosa parks Hmm. right but i remember hearing that there was another lady uh, a a week or so before who did the same thing but it was deemed that she wasn't the right person to use (laughs) right as i i think she was um a single mother and I think there was there was something else, and it was just like mm, probably not to put you know to to put a movement on her. I mean that's a lens. I don't know if it was ever that calculated, but you know, just like yeah. any idea whose time has come, it's going to come from a lot of different places, and one of them will be the spark that we end up hearing about. But it takes everybody. Yes, it takes everybody, and so I love getting to know about the other people who were sparking that, even though this is the one we've heard about. Yeah. It took everybody. Yeah, I want to know more about her. Mm. But I've never been able to find that information. And it's just like, God, what is that? So yeah, Yeah. that's something I I really would like to to know about. But um, yeah, I know it it was just like, "Mm," not really. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just like. No, I mean, there are a lot of important stories. Mm-hmm. so we we look forward for you to um yeah tell more of them <laughs> thank you thank you all so right much. well amy it has been a pleasure thank you very much likewise and, um, yeah you, definitely guys. drop by again to talk about um you know what's cooking next will do <laughs> <laughs> all right that's great Take thank care. you very much bye-bye okay people so yeah that's it we are done Woo! <laughs> i told you it's gonna be a bumper week but um yo go check out the um the episode details right go to the website because there you'll have all those links right so you can book tickets to go um, see the play Amy's gonna be in on Sunday. Um, you know what I mean? Book tickets for the drive in. And um, yeah, there'll be links for the film too. You know, so go enjoy. Hey, and follow Amy. You know what I mean? Follow Amy on her socials. You can find out everything that she's gonna be doing in the future. All those collaborations. She's got a great YouTube channel. A lot of info, a lot of content. You know what I mean? She's a talent for sure, people. So go do that. Have fun. And hey, if you've missed them, go check out part two and part one, okay? 
Alright people, we'll see you next week And we like the way they did it Boom, we out Peace